If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. (laughs) I'll be sitting down with some phenomenal women to discuss love. I believe we grew distant out of love of some type. Like, I don't want to hurt you. Loss. Really don't know what's going to trigger that feeling of grief in any moment. And a topic very important to my work, self-care. Freedom is self-care. It's not about pedicures. It's not about clothing. It's not about trips. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Today I sat down with someone I consider my spiritual teacher in my head. So I'm having a complete fangirl moment. Her name is Sarah Blondin, and she is magical. We dive deep into finding light motherhood, meditation, self-care, and everything else in between. I think you all are really going to enjoy this chat. Towards the end, there is a meditation that you can participate in from home, so I hope that you find peace in this episode. This is Sarah's story. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Sarah, thank you so much for being with me. (laughs) When I tell you I am thrilled about this conversation, I don't even think that's like the magnitude of how I feel right now. I'm so excited to connect with you. So thank you for reaching out and doing this with me. Yes, it's my pleasure. So before we dive into our chat, please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do. I guess we could just start by saying that um, my name is Sarah Blondin, and I have created kind of guided meditations or spoken word poetry called Live Awake. Um, It's a project pretty dear to me, and I'm really excited to tell you more about it and how it came to be. I'm a mom, too. I'm a mom. I live in the bush with my two boys and my husband in British Columbia, Canada. That is a dream. I found you on Insight Timer meditation Mm -hmm. when I was doing my 30 days of daily meditation and journaling and deep introspective spiritual work and Mm -hmm. you popped up and I listened to you every day for a month and I still (laughs) listen to you and I was like I need to talk to her because your (laughs) voice and your story and your message resonated so deeply with me so I want to circle back a bit and talk about how Live Awake was birthed and how you ended up using Insight Timer to reach people through spoken word poetry and meditation. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty incredible story because it was literally birthed with the birth of my first son. So um, I was living in Vancouver 
and I was pursuing a career in broadcast journalism and acting as well. Um, but I always sensed this pretty deep um, desire to want to create something more meaningful, but I didn't have the voice or the message and nothing was sticking. And I was really living in downtown Vancouver. So it was very busy and I was constantly in a state of comparing and lack and everybody's doing something greater and it was really loud. And then I got pregnant and my husband and I had always had this dream to leave Vancouver, but you know, when things are comfortable, you're not really um, jumping at change. Mm -hmm. So when I got pregnant, it actually, I got to a level of extreme, uh, I would call it psychosis. I couldn't even walk in public. It was like the world that I was living had become so overstimulating for me that I couldn't handle it anymore. So with quite an urgency, and the only time I was ever calm was when I was in the forest or by the ocean. So in this kind of haste, my husband and I sold our apartment our condo and within six months we were out in the countryside mm. so I was six months pregnant with my son at the time and when I was pregnant with him I kind of moving into the country is pretty dramatic shift mm. and you think it's all you know beautiful and easy but it actually with it came kind of a breakdown of all of the structures that were holding me together until that point um, what I thought made me worth things where always my external beauty and all of these things just no one was there to affirm that for me and it all just crumbled and I had to find out who I really was without all of that mm -hmm. and I didn't have my methods of escape I didn't have my cafes I didn't have my girlfriends I didn't have these things that I always just went to to kind of avoid feeling <laughs> So I was left with just the forest to go into and my husband, and that was essentially it. Um, so it was a very hard two years and very hard first pregnancy. But when he came out, I have always been a writer. I'd always been a journaler at least. Mm -hmm. And when he was first born, I went, if I didn't have my journal, I don't know where I would be today. <laughs> So everything that I went through with him, um, surrender, all every single one of my Live Awake episodes were written from the perspective of first-time mother and being in the wilderness all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. So he kind of gave me all this material to kind of chew through. And then all of a sudden I met this really incredible voice on the other side of my pain for the first time. I had always only written about pain before, mm. but then all of a sudden this voice of hope and beauty and love came pouring out of my pen. And it was almost like I had access some sort of mainline to source or my highest self or whatever you want to call it, God. Um, and now I have this mainline that's opened because of becoming mother and, and listening to the calls that my body needed when I was pregnant. So it all comes from motherhood on a level. I love how you said that you found love and transformation and kindness and gentleness through the pain. <laughs> and that is when I tell you like that is my journey. That is so kindred to me because in order to stand in love, sometimes we have to fall down. And I wrote yesterday that if I am brave enough to walk through heartache 
heartbreak and pain, then I am able and brave enough to stand in love and walk through love. Mm, I and just got goosebumps. It's totally. just when you get to that realization of healing and unfolding, there is nothing that can compare to that awakening. And no. I want to tap into how your solitude assisted mm-hmm. your unfolding and how growth assisted the unfolding because not only were you alone you kind of weren't because you were pregnant so you're like <laughs> nurturing and blooming this soul you're sharing your body <laughs> right. while trying to figure it out and i just i, I, I want to dive a little deeper into that and how your unfolding came to be in the thick of sharing space sharing body being a home mm-hmm. and being in complete solitude um, that's, that's such a, a beautiful, you know, observation because I think oftentimes we'll kind of skirt growth and we'll avoid growth mm. or we won't go places because it's not intense enough. Mm. I think sometimes we need that sort of like total over consuming, um, you have no other choice, but to walk through this mm-hmm. and, and change your life in a pretty dramatic way. So for me, it needed to get to that point where I was also contemplating <laughs> this life inside of me. Right. <laughs> um, and then having my actual life fall apart on a level and myself fall apart, I was just dismantled in all aspects. So it was kind of that intense, um, dissolving of everything that helped me just like you said, you have to go through that extremely painful place in order to find hope on the other side. Mm. And I don't want to talk about this experience as in it was like easy and right. I didn't have support because you needed, I don't think I could do it had I not my husband or, you know, the natural beauty and the comfort that was given to me um, to support the kind of growth happening. And I also had you know, certain tools, um, meditation and journaling that really helped. But if you don't have those, it can be pretty frightening. I think I did in that time also have kind of, um, not suicidal thoughts almost. It was that intense. Mm -hmm, So I don't mm want to say it wasn't intense because it was like, and that's why I think all the beauty came from it. Um, but it was in that constant turning toward hope and trying to Mm -hmm. find the beauty in it that I actually did. Mm. So that is what's incredibly beautiful is if you are looking for it, even in your hardest places, you will find that thing that's always supporting you, even when you don't want to go on. I always say that to people when I see them in the hardest places they're in, it's like, okay, good, because you will meet with what holds you when you can't hold yourself. Mm. Something will hold you. Mm. And I couldn't have met that something had I not been totally you know, kind of, I, I lost control. Yeah. And in that I found a different type of holding and faith, you know, that benevolence behind everything. So I know how hard it can be to be in places like that, especially, you know, mothers and the first time child and all of those things can be so intense. We don't talk enough about the dark that can kind of consume us in those places. Yeah. 
So I have a 10-year-old and I have a five-month-old. My 10-year-old is actually in studio with me now. Her name is Charlie. Oh. <laughs> Her name is Charlie and she's she's wonderful. And Hi, I have, Charlie. I have Isla at home and she's five months. And the birthing experience for both girls were so different. And mm. with my first pregnancy, it was just wrapped in like just uncertainty and I was mm -hmm. young I was very young I was 18 so I did not know myself and I was mm -hmm. bringing a life into the world and that was a whole nother thing and it's in in its own entity and mm -hmm. when I had Charlie I felt like I was born again in a new way and then mm -hmm. 10 years later I have Isla mm -hmm. and her birth rebirthed me in its own way so I want to talk about your two boys and the mm -hmm. difference between each pregnancy and each birth and how you were reborn after each of those experiences. Because I truly believe that with each birth, we are born into a new um, perspective. So I want to dive totally. into that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um. I totally, you are, your birth new every time. Mm. Um, and I think nobody talks about that either, is that when you're, you know, you give birth to your first child, especially, you're literally giving birth to you, a new you as well. Yep. So you're having to learn how to hold yourself for the first time, probably, and this other life. Mm. So it's quite an intense transition. Um, and for me with Leo, he's my firstborn as I said already, you know, he kind of, his gestation was me in that tremendous fear mm -hmm. and that tremendous breakdown. And in that, you know, those suicidal thoughts, you know, he was in my womb in, in that time. And his birth was supposed to be a home birth, ended up being a hospital birth. And it was still, it was, I hadn't, I, I hadn't found my power as a birthing woman yet either. Mm. So it was a more scary, frightening, I didn't realize my power and strength. And then it was still beautiful, but it was a longer, harder birth. And then my second child, Hugo, was in my womb, gestating in my self-love for the first time. Mm. So he was kind of there for my self-love revolution. <laughs> he was, I don't know if he instigated it. I don't know what happened, but I was so in love with myself when he was in my womb. That, so Leo mm. kind of got the beginning yeah. and then Hugo got or who, you know, he just got this really, I was always loving myself every day. I was telling every part of myself I loved. I was swarmed in love when I, he was gestating. And they came out very different boys. And you can just see how Hugo trusts life more and Leo's a little more, you know, frightened. Mm. And it just makes so much sense that they, you know, turned out the way they did based on that. But there's nothing wrong with it. It's just... um really interesting to see it in that way it's that duality and that's okay totally and that's okay and that's what i have to keep saying is that's okay because i did not come to find a voice and i did not come to find hope to speak of without having first not experienced the contrast mm -hmm. so whatever you know yeah, yeah and, that's... and at least i've walked the walk and we can help our children kind of yes. with whatever we've kind of you know gone through with them yes and that is man when i say kindred 
that is <laughs> that is it like what you just said is it and i just appreciate you for acknowledging mm. that it's okay to have these different life moments and mm -hmm. nurture them on the other side of the healing process because i don't okay. think people i don't think women are taught enough that we're allowed to do that like totally. we are not we shouldn't feel shame right right we are not these monolithic beings who have to be one way who have to mother one way birth one way all the things that they tell us right we don't mm. have to be that we are moving we're water and we move so differently through each life experience and it's okay it's okay and i i just got so many goosebumps because i was so beautiful and i would rather show my son my shadow and my light and mm. then show him how to handle the shadow mm. i would rather him see that as a reality i would rather he saw how to transform the shadow into love. And I catch, you know, if I was just to birth him into this flawless, un, you know, all compassionate mother, mm. he would go out into the world and say, right. what is this? Right, right. You know, and then he would be so <laughs> ill-equipped with, you know, to face the suffering and of Adversity. the world. He would just mm. say, well, what, you know, what's so what's I'm happening? helping him then right. see right. pain, suffering, and then, you know, that is my work. That is our work is to help them find tools to get back to the love. Even when we, we lapse in remembrance, even when we hurt, even when we are not perfect, it's so beautiful. And I can say that so lightheartedly now it is hard. It is hard work, but it is hard work. It's so hard. It's, it's uncomfortable. So hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's like, why am I doing this? It's like, do I want to oh, do this? It's, I, 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 I want us to talk about this because a lot of women, mothers specifically, feel like they don't have the answers. And mm -hmm. I think that's the magic because none of us have the answers. Even those of us who have walked through our suffering and who have found our light through the dark times, we are still learning and maneuvering and understanding there is no I always tell my students and the women that I come across at my workshops like I don't have your answers you do and even mm -hmm. when you find your answer it might be different mm -hmm. in a week it might be different in a year so I want to dive into finding your light in dark places and mm -hmm. what that taught you outside of mm, maybe what you thought it would be when you were walking through your first pregnancy and this hurt, because at the end of the day, sometimes we feel like this is never going to end. I'm just going to be suffering. I'm going to be standing and suffering forever. And like, how am I going to get out of it? But how did you navigate the darkness? Because that can be so loud, louder than any noise. Oh my God. I don't know, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I like to pretend I know, but I don't. Um, I, I I can just stay again, you know, writing and the transformative power of writing yeah. and admitting and purging and saying mm. and pulling the dark into from the shadow into admittance and acceptance yeah. has been the only thing that has helped me live this. If I didn't have a practice of actually being able to say out loud, I don't want to go on, I can't go on, letting all of the voices speak, if I didn't have an outlet for the voices, then the voices will consume you. Mm. So I find, I found if you let all of the voices speak, you do find this one voice of light that feels like home and comforts the weary in you. Mm. There is that voice. And that's what all poetry is. And that's what all, you know, those beautiful insights, it's that voice, that's the voice of truth. And that's underneath all the other voices. If you invite it to speak, but you have to first invite the other. And that's what I think people get, you know, I'm having all these bad feelings and I don't want to admit that I'm having baby blues or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. don't want to mother this child every day. Mm. If I don't admit that, then I stay a victim to those voices instead of finding within me this incredibly loving voice that is always there and not just for me and not just for you. It is for everyone. Yep. And if you believe that it's there and you invite it to speak, oh my God. It will come, but you have to let the other one speak. So you have to, you have to say both. Yep. You got <laughs> to walk through say, both. I hate my kid or whatever. You have mm. to say that and not feel shame mm. in order to find the real truth behind it. Mm. And that's what set me free so many times from that place of heavy, heavy suffering. Um, I don't know if you listen to when we endure. Uh, I think that's the podcast. It was all written in that really hard you know, first six months, I have a really hard time with newborns. I love them, but I really, the no sleep and you can't journal really. Yeah, (laughs) you can't. You know, you're all consuming with this baby. You just, you have to endure and you have to wait. You have to surrender and wait. So that has to be part of the practice too. Yes. (laughs) Just letting it be okay, even if it's uncomfortable, Mm, you know. That, mm, this, I'm just Mm -hmm. goosebumps everywhere and just loving this. Um, okay. So mothering now mm-hmm. in this new awakening, this new light, this ever evolving practice of blooming and wilting and unfolding, because, you know, I think a lot of folks may not realize that the blooming goes away and we mm-hmm. can wilt and then we come back and it's this whole evolutionary process of truth telling standing in shifting Mm -hmm. taking shape so mothering Mm -hmm. then and now what has been your greatest blessing and your greatest lesson Mm, oh my god i could write a anthology Um, what would we do without our children? I really, I feel like before children, I was so me, 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 you know, it was only in being taken out of myself and actually becoming of service to someone else that I discovered everything that I discovered how to give myself love. So I think the greatest gift they've really given me is that selfless service to someone else, someone other than you. Mm the reward of that is, um, so profound. So that would probably be the greatest gift they've given me beyond, you know, kind of 
making me be present, pulling me out from hiding all the time, mm. showing me, you know, where I'm unavailable to love, how conditional my love can be. Mm. Oh, all of those things, they show you that all the time. And they're poking their tiny fingers at all of these places relentlessly. And that's what I find so potent about motherhood is the relentlessness of it. And again, like I was saying about the intensity of the dismantling that I endured with pregnancy and moving and all of that, you know, that pressure cooker, mm -hmm. we sometimes need that pressure cooker in order to become new. It's like that, you know, ah, birth, mm -hmm. birth itself. It's the analogy, like, can you wait through the waves of intense pressure that you don't think you'll survive to get to that land of palpable love you didn't know existed? Mm. So I use the analogy of birth for everything now because that is it. That so is. <laughs> that is it. The relentlessness is so important too because it keeps us constantly, you know, learning. And otherwise we become so complacent to our lives and we bitch and moan and children really help you remain accountable. Mm. If, you're, if you're willing, if you're wanting to do the work, they can really help you constantly change <laughs> let's talk about being a wife the balance between as my husband says wife life <laughs> and he's like he really wants a printer shirt that says wife life like across the stomach like <laughs> how tupac so used to have thug life he wants like wife life right across the stomach. <laughs> so um but no the balance of of wife life and parenting from a space of of love and understanding how do you and your husband balance each other out in that way oh man um the thing with marriage is i guess it kind of takes a definitely a back seat and your relation takes a major back seat at least ours has in the conventional sense mm -hmm. we're not you know dating that often we live pretty much in the middle of nowhere, there's, you know, we're not really doing those things to nurture our relationship as much. Um, but we have been lucky in the sense that we kind of really share uh, beliefs and morals and all of those things. So we don't have much conflict as in, in the ways of raising them. Mm -hmm. He has taught me so much in that unconditional love and that compassionate uh, kindness. He never gets angry at them. Like he just, he remains this strong earth. So I've loved to see that. And because watching, you know, watching your man with your babies and raising your babies and really caring about raising them, you know, brings your love and your intimacy, the roots, like yeah, the roots for your, between the two of you is like such a gift. Um, and I can't wait to kind of return back to one another yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know you're like oh you know one day it'll come and we've had a few weekends where we've done it and it feels so weird it feels like we sat in a restaurant for like a few hours once and we were like what what, what? <laughs> like, what are we doing <laughs> you know like, oh my God. so it feels unfamiliar right now but i love it i love it i think that's all part of it and so beautiful because then there'll be that reunion again i don't know it's hard though what has moving to the countryside taught mm. you about community? It's, it's so important. I think, um, 
it's so funny because I was all, you know, solitude, solitude, solitude was what I, you know, think is missing. You know, the missing piece is people don't spend enough time in emptiness and quiet with themselves. Mm. And that's when they can hear their voice. So I think there needs to be kind of, for me, especially there needed to be that break where I didn't have the community and I didn't have that support because then I was forced to find it within myself. Mm -hmm. But now having found, you know, more of a strong voice and a connection in the main line, I've realized the invaluable nature of community as well um, in that you need to have that space to go out and share and speak so that other people can hear they're not alone as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's been, it's definitely been a challenge out here because there's just a bit of everything's so far apart. People are so far apart and it's a lot of old retired people. Mm -hmm. So I haven't, and I've just, you know, my youngest is just now too. So I'm finally getting out of that kind of heavy duty place and now feeling the call back to community. Mm -hmm. Um, So Hopefully when my book comes out, I'll start creating more of that. Yes, book. Let's talk about that. Your book, Mm. when does that come out and how has it been feeling to create that? Alex, how many books have you written? Uh, Three books, (laughs) two journals. Yes. (laughs) Okay, well then I need to talk to you because... (laughs) Yes, I'm here. Um, (laughs) Whenever you're ready. It's been so intense and... I was like, you know, it's been my dream. And then I get this contract, which sounds true. And I have faced massive walls of anxiety or an accountability thing that I'm not used to. Like someone's now expecting something from me and I'm like, holy shit, I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. So it's been feeling pretty intense, like walls of gratitude and then total I can't do this and I don't want to show up in the world in this way. Yeah. So it's duality now. So I'm in this growth phase right now where I'm like, how How do (laughs) I do it? Yeah. Yeah. How do you step into the world in a bigger way comfortably? Like Mm -hmm. how have you traversed it? I'm curious. Um, Did you feel this kind of distress or? So my first two books, Words from a Wanderer and Love in My Language, uh, were Um, self-published. My third book, I uh, have a contract with Andrews McNeil Universal, and um, Mm -hmm. that book was the hardest to write for a few reasons. Um, One of the reasons was I wasn't in charge of that in the sense Somebody was expecting something from me. I had been given my advance. It was time for Mm -hmm. me to execute. Um, I had just walked through a miscarriage. So I was very um, raw raw (laughs) and like, but then not wanting to write about the rawness. I wanted to write Mm -hmm. about all the joy and healing that I had walked through prior to the miscarriage so that was interesting um and so what did you end up writing about did I, you write about the pain or did I you write about the joy about the, i wrote about the joy so i actually wrote in the opening essay um opening introduction to neon soul that healing from hurt is just as important as preparing for joy so totally. i navigated <laughs> the healing process but in a way that was rooted in love and not fear Um, but as far as the publishing side goes, I was nervous because I was used to, you know, 
putting books out on my own, and now I have this powerhouse behind me who could expand and extend my reach. And that's, it's scary. Um, But I'm glad, I'm glad that I did it. And I'm glad that it worked for me because now my next big project comes out with them in 2019. And that's Mm. centered around self-care. It's not a book. It's a self-care journal, a guided journal for women to find their voices through writing and not looking for um, validation from others, but within themselves. So being able to have that powerhouse publishing company behind me now is going to get not only Neon Soul is everywhere books are sold, indie, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Mm. everywhere, all over, um, USA and international, but also this new project that's coming out is going to be the same. So my goal and mission to have women find their voice through writing is going to be even more far reaching. And that's been the beauty of the publishing industry um, on on this side of the fence. And Mm -hmm. I resonate with what you said about, you know, do I want this? Do I want to sit down and like write? Like now I have to. It's not like I want to, I have to. So it's like finding that balance of your ebbs and your flows and honoring that. And if you need an extension, you ask for one. My publisher gave me Mm -hmm. a couple with Neon Soul because I felt so rushed and I was swallowing Mm -hmm. in pain from losing Mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a journey, but. Standing in my truth and owning my power has has helped. Yeah, has helped, and that's the yeah. And I, I think that's say. what it's asking for, yeah. right? It's yeah. just like, okay, you're at a growth point, girl. You gotta like, yeah. you know, p- practice what you preach. Literally, that's yep. what it's feeling like. Yeah. And as you're writing it, you're like, I don't know what I'm writing, but right. all of a sudden, this <laughs> doubt is there, and I'm like, what? <laughs> oh my god, I didn't have that before, yeah. like because it's all my journal entries, and it was just whatever. Yeah. It was just my heart. And now I'm like, you're standing in the world with your journal entries mm. for the world. It's mm. just a vulnerable place. But, you know, so it's feeling pretty intense. But that's so. exciting. And I'm very excited for you. It's vulnerable, <laughs> but it requires this like this badassness and this like I have to show right. up. And I want to show at the end of the day, we want to show up and yeah, you are right. reaching people. And that is what the goal is, reaching people so they can find their true self nestled in your truth. That is Mm -hmm. why we do the work we do, is not to give people the answers. You know, know? we forget that, right? Yeah. I I think I read an Instagram post of you lately, like, why do I show up? Why am I doing this? Or something, you were having a bit of a moment. Yeah. And then you realize, like, because you kind of went into community and you said, oh, this is why, Mm -hmm. you know, you had that remembrance. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's pretty cool. And that's what I say to people all the time. You know, they're like, oh, your work, your work. And I'm like, it's you seeing you. It's not, it has nothing to do with me. And that's what's so beautiful is we find us, ourselves and others. Mm. So I love your concept of writing, finding their voice because that is it, right? And writing is so valuable for that. I think everyone should be writing. So congratulations to you too, Alex. Thank you. And... Yes, you guys heard that. Everybody should be writing. <laughs> I think people Everybody. Are, they're always like, I don't know how. I'm like, yes, you do. You just sit down. <laughs> yeah. Open a journal. And don't stop your pen. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm I I 
am so passionate about the whole like giving people journal questions and that guided mm-hmm. journaling because that's what gets people's gears turning. And then once that practice becomes ritual, it be- it's easier to sit down that's with true. blank pages and really dive deep. So find joy. Yes, ma'am. Do you read Natalie Goldberg at all, babe? No, I don't. Let me write okay, her name well, down. Just write it down right now. I'm going to do a huge favor to you. Okay. It's called writing, writing down the bones, but you can read any one of her books. Um, just do that for yourself. I will. I She's will. a prophetic, awesome writing teacher. Oh, love. Okay. So before we wrap up here, I want. We're done already. Though. Almost. I know we have oh ten God. minutes. That's not go fast. I want to talk to you all day. My God. You want to fly here? You can fly here. Yes. We have coffee. One day. One day. Trust me. I was actually just thinking that. Yeah. Like, I need to go visit. We need to like have a oh, day. Really? Like, well, that's my dream. Let's just put this out and like plant seed. We have a really big property, and I want to create kind of either writing retreats or some sort of. You know, I want to get the community back here and kind of create that. So maybe we'll try and plan something like that. Yes. 2020 absolutely. or something. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All the yeses. Babies are bigger. Yes. Yeah. We can even bring our babies. Yep. Bring the babies and they'll play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I'm down for that completely. Um, so I want to quickly touch on self-worth and what mm-hmm. that looked like when it showed up in your life and mm-hmm. self-care and how that plays a role in your day-to-day through meditation and journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, so the younger part of my life was, um, I struggled in school. I wasn't smart in math. I could barely write sentences, you know, grammar, all of the things were really, I was, I saw and I felt. <laughs> Um, so school was a hard thing for me, but there was one thing that I was always told I was good at, and that was the way I looked. Mm. So what I learned very young was that external beauty was my worth. It made people happy and it was what I was naturally good at. So I then followed and pursued that kind of trajectory Um, and that included finding, uh, worth and power, especially for men. Um, it was a very potent kind of power, hungry ego thing, Mm -hmm. um, in finding worth in men and gratification from men and how I looked. Uh, but it was so weak and root and it was so the antithesis of who I really was. And that's where all the angst and the suffering came from. Um, but I ended up on the bachelor when I was 21 years old, um, and really falling into a horrible place after that. And then needing to pick up the pieces and reevaluate kind of the trajectory I was on. And then I was in a pretty, um, volatile relationship with an actor, um, and then faced the shadow parts of myself there. And then only in finding true self-love and care within myself and getting pregnant and meeting my husband and actually committing to things that fed me and nurtured me in really real ways. Mm. Did I find, I didn't know self-love. I didn't tell myself, I love you, Sarah, till I was 30 years old. Wow. Like that's absurd. 
it's not that I didn't love myself, but I never said it directly to myself, Mm. how it's not taught now. My boys and I, we go to bed, we touch our hearts and we say, I love you to ourselves and they give ourselves hugs. Like I wish that was taught to me when I was so little, Mm. because that would have really transformed the journey for me. But I love the journey and the way it worked because Mm. I had to, again, taste the contrast um, and how not real it felt. But um, so self-care, self-love, all born from motherhood and marriage Mm. and um, moving into the wilderness and really following the cues of nature have changed my life. Again, like you said, the bloom, the wilt, the no flower point, Mm. um, the really learning to embody the emptiness phase instead of run from that emptiness phase to fill it. Nature has been my ultimate supporter and, you know, she's taught me everything as far as the seasons of ourselves and how to be gentle. And you even see it, you know, in the world, once you kind of start inhabiting the world a little bit more, people just constantly want you to be creating. Mm. Um, And you're like, no, (laughs) no, I need that incubation and that emptiness. And I need... I need that so more truth can come up. Otherwise, we don't hear it, and we're just producing kind of to produce. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been really valuable. Love. So much mm-hmm. love. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if this is putting you on the spot, but I'm going to ask. Uh-oh. Would you be willing <laughs> to lead just off the top a two-minute meditation for those listening and who can just kind of wind down for, from our conversation absorb Mm. our conversation and then we'll transition into sharing where we can connect with you online on your podcast and then yeah would you be open to that yeah i'd love to okay well i'm ready when you are okay so just settle in Mm. i'm just gonna shake it out here a bit and we're just gonna all close our eyes now whoever's listening and really drop into our seat, whatever we're sitting on, just feeling your back drop down deeper into the earth, your bones sort of sink and melt. And just take a deep breath and kind of go inside there. And I want everyone just to kind of put their hand on their heart or really connect with that softness there and see if you can actually feel the pulse of your heart. And just breathe alongside that for a moment. If you notice, it kind of wakes up once you pay attention to it. Your heart actually kind of rouses when you start to look to it. When you give presence and love to your heart, it wakes up and endeavors to mirror that for you.
And I just want each of you to really know this gift, this quiet engine pumping so reliably for you is your fountain and your anchor for love and light and holds all of your answers and your truths. You can turn to this hearth within you whenever you need, just know that it is yours. And it holds all of your truth and your answers. Breathe deeply in gratitude and honor for the great journey you are on, for the gift of your heart, for the gift of your efforts, for the gift of your suffering, for the gifts of your joy, for the gifts of the very place you are standing in. Nothing is wrong. All is in your highest good. And be fed here. And breathe yourself full of your heart energy. And when you're ready, open your eyes and share that love. It is bottomless and forever yours to give and receive, dear one. Thank you. You are so, oh, I just love you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, and I love you, Gabe. And I want to share the story with everyone before we close. Oh, I yes, was in yes. Armstrong. <laughs> I, I was telling Alex earlier, um, there's a place called Armstrong, BC, and it's a population of 5,000 people. And I went there with my mom and my little boys yesterday, and I walked into a cafe, and there on the wall was a massive painting of Alex pregnant with butterflies in her hair. And I went, oh, my God, we're so meant to connect. It's so funny. All the way here. That there is you were. wild. That's wild. And you know what's hilarious and even more beautiful <laughs> is that Charlie took that photo of me on my camera when I was pregnant with her sister. So oh, Charlie, that's, like that's the me most and Isla picture. that Charlie took. And it's art in British Columbia, Canada. <laughs> art in British Columbia, a small cafe wall, girl. I love it. What's the name of that cafe? Do you know? I don't remember. Something wild, something. I'll find a name for you. Okay. Yeah. I would love, I would just love to. I should have taken a picture for you. Uh, Next time I'm there, I'll take a picture and I'll send it to you. Okay. Thank you. Well, Sarah, this has been just the highlight of my entire day. Um, (laughs) Please let everyone know where they can find you on social media, your websites, and how they can listen to you and interact with your meditations moving forward. Mm-hmm. So if you download the app Insight Timer, you can find most of my meditations there. But I also have um, a course on there that I've just built. Uh, built. It's uh, 10 days and it's called Coming Home to Yourself. It's really just a gentle course to bring you back into your feelings and your heart. So I've just created that. 
And I also teach their 10-day Learn to Meditate program as well. So that's a free course, and you can just go and learn to meditate with me for 10 days. Um, or you can go on my website, uh, sarahblondin.com, and you can find all of Live Awake stuff. And just to let you know, Live Awake is on a little bit of a hiatus as I write the book and kind of really focus on that. But whenever I'm inspired and kind of feeling more juju, I'll jump back on there. It is not gone. It is not over. <laughs> it's just taking a little break. But yeah, and I'm Sarah Fines on Instagram. Thank you so much, Sarah. I am so looking forward to staying connected and i'll chat with you soon okay i love you alex and thank you for being such a light in this world and for just giving voice to these places for all women and mothers and standing so beautifully thank you i love you back so everybody much. <laughs> i love you yeah and keep we'll keep an eye out for our retreat 2020 everybody oh yeah it's <laughs> happening oh trust it's happening <laughs> The Hey Girl Podcast is a member of The District Productive, produced by Paul, Woody Woodhall, and me, Alex L. Music by DC's own Kokai. Kokai.